more like hey but I was out of breath yes 2014 we made it we made it I'm in my new place I got back from vacation this room's gonna sound a little bit more hollow because um, it's not there's not carpet in it and the place where I podcasted before uh, had had uh, had carpet, which is a great sound absorber. Um, so, I mean, I could have recorded this in the basement, which has carpet, but I wanted to break in this room because this is where I'm going to be editing many videos and recording many podcasts. I wonder if over time I can maybe add some, uh, like a little sound booth thing, like one of those Asian uh, things that girls hang scarves on. Um, something like that and uh, I'm recording this on my camera just with the onboard mic the the, the uh, Canon C100 I'm using the onboard microphone um, I'm not sure how the quality is going to be compared to other microphones on the market uh, but I, I cannot locate my zoom uh, audio recorder right now which is what I usually uh, use to record audio for these podcasts and I was going to use my Skype headset, especially because of that kind of hollow sound. Hopefully it doesn't bother you. I, sometimes I like the way a room sounds. Um, I, I like I like the very uh, intimate sound, like, like this microphone. But I also like the room, the way the room sounds, because um, it sometimes feels more like you're hanging out in the room. Anyway, I'm in my new house, and I'm back from vacation. 
Um, there's a lot to talk about. I'm going to try and keep it around an hour, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be closer to an hour, a half or two hours. Cause I, I watched Casey Mo, Casey Mo is how you say it. I think a bunch of times and I have like three pages of notes because I liked it so much. And there's going to be so many little side things that I talk about that that video inspired me to think about, uh, did I say about like Canadian? Um, but yeah, this is going to be a good one. I'm excited. It's the first one of 2014 and I hope we can do more frequent podcasts. I, I seems like I changed into podcast guy there, but I hope we can do more frequent podcasts. The goal is to make it to 200, um, before 2015, which I think is pretty easy to do. That's, um, about three or four a month. And I'm sure there'll be some months where we do, you know, five or, or whatever. And then hopefully we can secure that extra special guest for episode 200. No promises though. So I live on the street um, in Big Wheels where we did all the office chair stuff, which I might add, the office chair made an appearance in Casey Mo. I don't know if that was coincidence or if that was inspiration passed on. Either way, I was excited to see more office chair use in rollerblading videos. Um, rollerblades are the best device to use with other props, apart from just being in your shoes. Um, so I live on that street that we filmed in Big Wheels, that, that underdeveloped street um, up in the hills of Camels, British Columbia, in an area called Aberdeen. And uh, I live really close to a school that I always say we should go to, to for a skate spot, and no one likes going there, really, but I love going there. There's these short, um, really slippery bike rack rails that are all in a row. They were in Suck It Aggressive and they've been in some like Alberta videos. Um, there were, it was also in the Nima edit. He like, he grinds back and forth a few times on it at the end. And I do a, a sweat stance to like grab the rail one foot turn to Royale. And then I smash into the fence. And I think Todd does a in Battle My Crew 3 edit, Todd does a grass cess slide. And I think there's Dana did a trick in OK Buddy with like a launch ramp and a rock stall. And then Stevie E Fishbrain, this really long rail that has these notches in it, but it never made it in because I'm really picky about. Uh, landing in grass. I have like, I don't know if it's Asperger's or autism for rollerblading, but see how my brain works. I just start referencing shit that's close to the, the school, but I'm excited that I live close. Cause not that I'm going to be like, I'm going to get up at 5am every day and I'm going to practice on those, uh, bike rack rails. But I just, I like the idea that it's close and there's, uh, there's a lot of really good mellow hills with speed bumps and sidewalks um, all around the school and around where I live and the streets still underdeveloped. So, uh, you know, at the end of the day or in the nighttime when all of the um, trades workers are gone and done working on the houses, there's just going to be like a really nice, long paved, not busy street outside of my house, which I'm super stoked on. 
Um, feels really good because it was a super busy, tumultuous, if I said that right, year. And I'm even surprised that we got as much done as we did for podcasting and putting out videos and stuff. But I'm really excited to be settled in a place where there's going to be lots of inspiration and focus and um, hopefully guests coming over and lots of skate adventures. Um, my goal is just to not get fired from my job, which I don't think would ever happen at least anytime soon. We'll see though. That's the only bad thing that could happen. If it happened, it wouldn't be that bad though. Um, I feel like I am an asset to the company that I work for, but who knows? You see how the, the, just the fear creeps in there? Um, no, I just gotta go my, just gotta turn the page here. Just gotta lift up the camera to my notes. So, I was in Mexico for 10 days, probably from the 27th until just the other day I go. Currently I'm on my, uh, what I call vacation from vacation. I try and bookend um, a vacation with one or two days to have night tremors and night sweats and uh, deal with the repercussions of drinking for 10 days straight. <laughs> uh, and you know, there's, it's inevitable that you're gonna piss out of your ass at one point too, which happened to me. Uh, it happened to me way worse last year but this this year it was just um, New Year's. It was just like a one-day thing where I was just in bed for one day. The Last year it was like three days. It's inevitable when you travel that you're going to piss out of your ass and get sick. It's The only place that, that didn't happen was when we traveled more of uh, Europe, like uh, Scotland and Ireland and, and Amsterdam and places like that. I don't remember getting sick, but everywhere else that I've traveled... Um, which is China, Laos, Thailand, Dominican Republic, Mexico. I've done some serious... Oh, 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 we need to find a bathroom. A lot of that. And it happened. It was like New Year's night. I woke up at 3 or 4 a.m. and just ran to the toilet and did like a dry heave and then had to turn the other way. And you know where it goes from there, don't you? But... It was a really good trip. It gets to the point where you, uh, where you kind of, <laughs> you start to realize, uh, like a, a full-fledged alcoholic, like someone who's been been doing it up big for 10, 20, 30 years, like as long as I've been skating. I've heard before before people being like, it takes him like 12 beers to get drunk. I thought that was so ridiculous, um, and I could never, I don't even know the last time I drank 12 beers, but I can understand, like, if you drink enough days in a row, there's, there's like, three beers eventually starts to not do anything, and then you, you start to realize the way that world works, which is really scary. It's not good for your liver. Mm. Uh... Just a couple more notes before I get to skating things about that. Oh, I tried, um, uh, Jay got us this, uh, 
shot of something at this little surf hut in this town called Sayalita. And uh, it was called Mezcal. And, and I know you could buy, not Mescalin, Mezcal. Um, and it didn't seem like tequila. And it seemed homemade. It seemed like... it. Uh, how do I... Yeah, okay. He, he asked this little surf hut uh, what's like the best tequila he could get. And, and he came out with this like dirty basket with salt that didn't, it, it just looked like kind of sketchy. And the, when you smelled the shot, it, it had, your brain had this instant, uh, reaction of energy. Like I can shoot, I can do shooters pretty easily and I don't mind hard alcohol drinking it straight or doing shots. I know a lot of people hate shots and hate shooters. I love them. I'm not doing a lot of them. I just love the uh, the instantaneous reward that you get from doing a shooter. So we did, there was three of us, me, Chance, and Jay, and we did the shooter, and it was by far the uh, most intense tasting shot I've ever had in my life. It, I've never had moonshine or anything, but I imagine it was like the Mexican version of moonshine from a surf hut. And uh, it tasted like like earthy, dirty, gardeny, mixed with gasoline, and you know, you know it's gonna be good when it tastes like that. I wish I could get some. I mean, you can buy mezcal in the stores there or in the duty free, but it's not the same as what I had. It's I'm pretty sure it's the thing with there's worms in it too, or the worm in the bottle. But this shit was crazy, and uh, it was more of a you like how tequila is more of a energizing feeling it was like that but times a hundred i would love to get some of that stuff for skating but there's no way you could uh bring it back obviously um i was also really excited i heard you can get um medication pharmaceuticals really easily in pharmacies uh but i didn't seek that out too much i, we, I went in one just to see what they had and I, I saw like viagra and cialis just that you could buy um as is but um didn't really interest me. Um, you know, I don't want to be walking around markets with a boner all day or swimming in the ocean with a boner or drinking beer with a boner. Uh, boners are, are important for certain things, not for just vacation. Boners are important for vacation, but just not all the time. Um, so I don't, it's not time for me in those things. Uh, I brought my skates to Mexico. It it rained the first five or six or seven days or something like that. Um, so I didn't get a chance to use them until kind of after New Year's. And I may have talked about this on another podcast when I got back last year. I had brought my... Just get some water here. I had brought my... I think my REMS with power blade frames last year and they worked pretty good because it's where I am there's not anything to skate really and the pavement is really bad but I was able to skate into town and back last year so I did that in my Seba FRX skate which um, need a lot more breaking in it's the it's the CJ boot um, but with a UFS deluxe frame and 80 millimeter street invader wheels how nerdy does that sound when you do like the blade speak 
just another bit of water here. And um, I haven't had a fair chance with those skates yet because a skate that's so stiff, rigid, and supportive with the carbon base, um, it's probably like one of the worst skates you could use in cold weather. So I found in the hotter weather, I'm really excited about how those skates are going to break in over time. They remind me of, um, I had a pair of Bauer 4000s that I think it was the first time I sized down in hockey skates, like two or two and a half sizes. And I remember they were so tight and you, you, my foot would get that like pulsating feeling on the bottom. Um, same with my favorite pair of remedies that I got, the black and red ones, which were my favorite pair of skates to this day, that you'd think at first, like, oh, these skates don't fit, but your, your toes aren't necessarily cramped up to the edge. You still have uh, toe room, um, but it's just the skate's so new, there's just some break-in with the materials. And uh, just skating into town and back in them, I took them off once and put them back on after you know half an hour of skating and those skates man those in the cjs like the more broken in those things get the the those they're going to be so supportive but flexy when broken in and uh the carbon fiber base is sorry i just looked at myself in the viewfinder and it looked it, it was weird because I have to record video to record into the camera. But the, the carbon fiber base is the thing that I'm still going to have to get used to. Um, when I skate, why do I have to get used to it, you ask? Just because I'm used to a plastic bottom, I'm not used to something so rigid. In speed skates, I am, which is fine. But um, for tricks and, and things like that, it's going to be different. I, I, I still look at the CJ skate as like the ultimate... Uh, concrete park skate like uh like if if seba had a team of just all people who are really good at park which i guess so far the two choices those guys are really good at park skating but cj's street edit holy shit i posted on facebook um the sounds so lame when you say i posted on facebook it's almost like you have to uh, when you talk about uh twitter or facebook it's almost like you have to say it in a joking voice because it's really hard to say it seriously. Follow us on Facebook or follow us on Twitter. Mushroom, please. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, anyways. Um, what I posted was, so that's what a supportive skate can do. That's me doing the comment. So that's what a supportive skate can do. Watching that CJ edit, trying these SX skates, which is the CJ boot and watching Casey Mo, I'm, I've been thinking a lot more. <sighs> Deep breath. I'm, I've been drinking a lot of coffee today. I've been thinking a lot more about uh, supportive skates, ankle support. That I need to experiment with doing my skates up, either tighter or just with different skates or different ways of doing them up. I'm always a big fan of. And this is how I did it in hockey. Uh, laces up really tight to about the instep and then a little bit looser around the ankle. Um, but maybe I'll try doing it all the way up. We'll see. And as, as I'm getting older, as I'm aging, uh, I believe that ankle support might be 
more of an important issue. But I do believe if you skate something like a cuffless rims regularly and a, and a low cut speed skate regularly, your ankle muscles and mobility build. And so the muscle memory in my ankles, like I've said before, pretty crazy from skating rims for so long. So I don't, I might have things that I do movement wise and muscle wise that might not work in doing your skates up tight. But again, I'm willing to experiment with, because when I got Majestic 12s, I'm always willing to experiment with different types of skates. And I found that um, when I had Majestic 12s, there were still some things that kind of like my ankle didn't like being stuck in that position but the v13 looks really interesting because they look like they're made out of a really soft plastic and the cuff is a lot lower so i am interested in experimenting with that skate pretty soon here we'll see um so oh, one more thing about skating in in mexico i i believe i was in a place where nobody owns rollerblades or uses rollerblades. So I got a lot of interested and happy looks when they saw someone skating into town because it wasn't the type of pavement. It was like bricks with giant spaces between them. So it was almost like one giant trick skating into town, the way that you had to keep correcting your balance and the way you pushed off of the, off of the brick stuff. I, a lot of people were were really surprised, including touristy types, that um, someone would be skating. It's more of like you would use a bike or or a car on the road. But I was using my skates, and uh, it's amazing how if you haven't skated in a while, how it's just like it's the best reset button. I felt so good after. I think I did it um, the day after New Year's Day, so it was a good way to kick off 2014. I apologize again if I'm going to be drinking fast or so. <laughs> talking fast because I'm drinking a lot of coffee and my voice feels more uh, nasally than normal for some reason. Uh, it's really uh, dry coming back here. I'm going to try and drink water, but we'll see. We'll see if I... Oh, I'm already getting really excited talking. <sighs> um, I just uploaded Hoax 2, which is the rollerblading bible. I won't talk too much about that because I've talked about it before, but you just can't beat that video. And uh, I'm excited. I was, I was worried that the, it looked interlaced on Vimeo, but it looks really good if you download it to your iPad or tablet. Again, the technology speak sounds really funny. And uh, if you stream it to a television, it looks really good too. So I think I'm just gonna leave that file up, but it's meant for downloading and not for streaming through Vimeo. You should download it to your tablet or device or stream it to your Apple TV or whatever. I don't know if you can do that with game systems now, but I love how Apple TV, you can stream shit from your phone. So that was just a note on that. Um, I'm going to try and do hoax three. Um, I had it written down to try and do it today, but I don't know if that's going to happen. So I'll see if I can do it this weekend. And the idea again is it's 
Hoax 3 is online, but the quality is really bad. It's like a rip from Fuel TV that um, the with Vimeo, I think there should be every skate video should be available with a download option in high quality because now that you can just stream shit to a TV or watch it on an, on an iPad, it's awesome to know that you can have your favorite skate videos for, especially for a nerdy person like myself who likes to take, I, I like to take notes watching skate videos. Um, that could just be me, but you know, someone, if you want to revisit the classics and understand what made them classics and try and break it down and watch it with new eyes, um, cause that's one of the best things is, a, is watching skate video. It's watching skate videos is still one of my favorite things to do. You get to, you get to go into, even when you're not doing skating, watching a skate video, you know how some stuff would feel. And uh, obviously I'm gonna go nuts about that when I talk about Casey Mo, but watching skate videos is one of, it's one of the best things. It's still one of the best things. That's why I'm, I'm so hooked on making skate videos. I'm not, I'm definitely not done. In fact, I'm more excited about making skate videos than ever. So I just hope I get a chance to make a movie eventually, but I can't make a movie until I'm done with all the skate videos. I, that's the, still the number one thing that I'm into and the number one thing that I think of and the main thing I daydream about most of the time. So like, yeah, <laughs> oh fuck, like, yeah. But so hoax three should be up and then uh, I'm not taking requests. I'm just doing things selfishly that I think should be up, but uh, I'll see. I can't find there's a box of VHS's there's with some other gems that should maybe go up. Um, if there's a video online that isn't up, because that's why I put up VG five that you know isn't online. I'll see if I can find it and put it up. And I'm still looking for my uh, negative Mitsu trick tip from the Outdoor Life Network in 1998, and I can't find it yet. I'm so excited to put that up because it was uh, it was when negatives were weird, and it was on a skate that uh, it was on the old Remedies, which I liked. I loved the small negative space. I could actually do negative acid really good in those skates. I do one in, in OK Buddy, like full speed at um, at Millennium Skate Park in uh, Calgary. Why did that take so long? But I, I don't like a big negative space. I actually despise a, a large negative space. So it's interesting historically when thinking about the negative space on skates and doing negatives. Um, which, side note, the Frank Stoner and Todd podcast got... I, there's been so many things lately that have been making me really, really, really appreciate skating. Aggressive skating, even. Because I know I make fun of that word a lot, and I, and I have been... had a negative tone in the past, but... Um, 
seeing other people, hearing other people's uh, visions and the way they think about skating and seeing something like Casey Moe or Imagine Blade Shunner, the shock video, I realize how lucky I am to still be interested in it and to still be doing it because if I was really fat and hadn't skated in 10 years, it just wouldn't be the same. Skating is really hard to do when you're fat. Like, do you think the stuff that they did in Casey mode, do you think a fat person could do it? And I'm not even talking about like fat, fat. I'm talking about like middle heavy, like an extra 20 or 30 pounds around your stomach, which I think I'm at 10 right now, but there's, uh, it's pointless. Like you can have a donut around your stomach in the winter time in Canada and not particularly worry about it because I mean, I'm not going to be skating for three or four months. So my cutoff point usually fitness wise is April. So I have lots of time to get, to get rid of the donut. But I know in the past when I've skated with a donut around my belly, a donut of fat, it, skating doesn't feel good. It doesn't look good. It's hard to have style and control. So that, that was just a side note there. Um, I, I was off the grid. Uh, I didn't go on the internet for 10 days or more, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it's a lot. And it felt really good. I have theories about um, Wi-Fi signals and tinnitus and holding onto your phone, especially when you check it in the morning, that it, and at night, holding onto your phone with the Wi-Fi signal, it's not good for your brain. It feels like I get tinnitus when I when I'm holding my phone at night in a quiet room or in the morning, if you, if you are in a place that's really quiet, it feels like it makes your brain buzz and your ears ring. It could just be me because I am a highly sensitive person. I am an HSP, INFP, ADD. Oh, I was going, that was going good. I forgot. I couldn't think of another one. Um, yeah, so I didn't watch skating for 10 days. We were at places with Wi-Fi, but I just didn't use it. I didn't want to check my email. I didn't want to think about email or any of that stuff. Cause I, my Facebook habit and my phone habit is really bad. Uh, I just got to pee. I'll keep talking about this when I come back. Oh, okay. I'm back. Sorry, everybody. I've been drinking a lot of coffee today. I realized on that little break I hadn't eaten anything. Had had some toast and peanut butter and had a banana. Hopefully I won't speak as fast. Hopefully I ground myself a little bit. You have to understand in this, in this winter time here in Canada, it's hard to feel uh, grounded if you're not doing as much exercise. Um, and I think now, I mean, if I just, if I ran, you know, when you're super tired, but you can articulate yourself very well in a relaxed manner, that's not where I am right now. So uh, bear with me. Anyways, I was away from skating for, away from watching skating and off the grid, off the internet for 10 days. And you know what? I didn't miss it too much. Like nothing 
popped up apart from uh, Casey Mo. You'll be hearing that a lot in this podcast. That was the one thing that was kind of on my mind that I was really excited about while I was on vacation and when I got back from vacation. Um, so much so that when when we got back to an airport where I thought I could download it, I bought the video and was trying to download the video, like stream it uh, on my iPad at the airport. And uh, I, I used up my five downloads on numerous occasions and then I, I ended up just buying it again because I don't care. I don't care if, if I paid for it twice. $20, totally worth it. Totally worth it. Would have tried to buy it again if I wasted those five downloads too. Um, but <clears throat> I, I realized uh, when you're off the grid and, and not checking things online, it's not that important to be connected at all times. Unfortunately, that's just the way the world is going right now. Um, one thing I want to try and do this year is take at least one day off, Saturday or Sunday, of going online and just, you know, unplug completely and, and, and see what pops up in my mind. You know, every time you want to check Facebook or go on your computer, watch skating edits, um, just not do it for one day a week. A, I can't remember the Jewish name, uh, not sabbatic, sabbatical. I can't remember that Friday sunset till Saturday. No, I'm going to, I'm going to butcher this. I can't think of it, but the, the, like a technology break from, you know, if you got off work, uh, Friday night till Sunday evening or sorry, Saturday evening, or you could do Saturday night till Saturday sundown till you get it. You get it. I'm not going to keep talking about that. And, uh, so it was interesting just having a break from a constant stream of information, everything. Um, so what was, what was my point? Not watching skating for 10 days is really healthy because when you come back and watch it, you have a little bit of a fresher perspective on it. I'd be cool to try and do that for even longer. Like if you went a month without watching skating and there was a really good video that came out that you were excited for and you purposely tried to not watch skating uh, until then. I think we may have talked about this on the podcast before, but words came out in the wintertime and uh, Todd was so excited that he said he wasn't going to watch it until the summer and uh, I can't remember how long he went I, I don't even know if he went any days at all but um, he he had that kind of idea and that concept down even before the internet who would have known that we could just have access to every video at every time and the, the thing that was fucking crazy is when I came back um, obviously the first place you'll check is Roller News, unfortunately, because they have the best kind of quickly you can scroll through. It was pages and pages and pages from the 27th of December until uh, the 10th of January, or what's today? Sorry, until the 8th of January or 6th or 7th or something like that. It was crazy how many things there were to watch. So with for four or five pages the last thing that i watched before i left was that volo uh happy holidays edit which got me really stoked uh just like casey mo did and imagine blade chun got me stoked to just do stylish 
things, but obviously more in my head right now than in than in real life. So I scrolled back through and I, I just realized how lucky we are. You know, if you are obsessed with skating and want to watch every edit, it's crazy that instead of waiting for things to come out, you just have access to almost every video and every edit ever made in rollerblading. Uh, this is also a call I, I would love for from a uh, historian perspective that if more people could upload like old videos old local videos and things like that that shit's really important to to put up to start um, a dialogue about certain uh, places in the country or, or around the world and 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 uh, give you really good historical context for skating and is just super interesting I know Canada we still have two really important videos that ha that aren't up. Um, Pancake Breakfast in Play School, which uh, Jeremy Mock, if you're listening, Jeremy Mock or who? No, Jeremy Mock has them. If you're listening, upload them, please. I know you have them ripped to a DVD. Maybe he doesn't have Pancake Breakfast. He has Play School, though. But you know what I mean? Like those old videos that the pre-VHS... No, pre-VHS. The, uh, yeah, a Pancake Breakfast was made on a film reel. It's so old it was made on a film reel. Not pre-internet and pre-like, uh, where you just made shit and shared it with your friends. That's the best, hey? Like, just the first How to Be Unpopular, we just made VHS tapes and gave them to people and sent them away. So cool to think about that. Anyways. It was good to have a break from skating, and especially since what I came back to was was Casey Mo. Sorry, I totally I went way off track there. Hopefully, there was something of value within that. I keep smelling like chili powder or bo or garlic, and I can't figure out which one. I thought it was me, but it's not because I showered and put deodorant on. So it could have been I was making like a Mexican like a yeah Mexican salad last night and you know when there's just like one little spot on your hand and you and I'm a hand talker so I'll wave my hand in front of my face and get a whiff of something or it could have been like my dog butt juiced on my lap in the car but I I took my pants off and smelled them um yeah I am that specific I'm I'm very 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 specific about if something stinks I need to find it and I need to figure it out and I need to get rid of it I haven't figured it out yet. Hopefully it's not my face that stinks. If you just had a stinky face. Um, so, not, okay, that's my segue. Not watching skating for 10 days and then watching Casey Mo was so exciting. When I tried to stream it, I saw the intro and, uh, the first like five tricks of Chris Farmer's section and I was so excited and that that was actually a really interesting thing to happen because when was the last time that happened when you just when you weren't able to sorry about the mouth noises as usual when you just don't get something on demand and there's even more anticipation on top of the anticipation I saw up to the true spin Mizu up the wall which was so amazing. There's so many tricks in this video that 
you don't notice until fourth or fifth viewing like the details within the skating even um because that trick's fucking crazy and you just don't realize it on the first viewing because you've seen so many crazy things i saw the thing that i loved just in the first little bit that i saw of farmer obviously one he's riding flat which is which is like how do i even say which is so exciting thinking that maybe other people could too because you could see it in his skating uh, there's some little curves and things and some speed stuff that he does. And just when you have flat, you do different stuff. Um, and he was skating in the Youth Co. frames, which I'm interested in trying now. If they're like a lighter, simpler version of the Volo frame, I was super skeptical, especially because the spacers are built into the frame. But they look like they work quite well for him. So, I mean, I was thinking those on the... K2 Varsity might be a really good light grinder blade set uh, setup. So I might try that. But anyways, I love that he did a kind grind. He just did like a kind grind on a high ledge to forwards. On a super high ledge. Like uh, definitely not a normal person trick. But um, so I didn't get that's I just saw up to that up to like the kind grind and the true music up the wall and I kept thinking about like this video is gonna be good because I, I liked the intro already and I really liked what I saw of Chris Farmer. He was in flat and his first song was to hip hop. Um, I was so excited. One thing that's important to point out is that um, when someone makes a video that skates and that skates in the video. Those videos are usually really good, for the most part. My favorite videos, apart from Hoax 2 and USD Tour video, are from people that skate. Sean Cullen, Pat Lennon, Dustin Werbeski. I hope I say his name wrong. Right, I mean, I hope I say his name. Dustin Werbeski. I'm pretty sure I say it right. Even though I know him and I've known him... Werbeski. It's got to be Werbeski. I'm from Canada. I should know that. But people who skate make the best videos. Who skate often and who even skate in the video. Sean Kelso has a double or triple or I don't know what it is section in this video. And it's really good. And he made the video. There's just a different feel. There's a reason that... Um, that... Um, a Sean, like this video is, has more of a rollerblading, true to rollerblading feel than an Adam Johnson video. It's not because Adam Johnson doesn't know rollerblading. It's because he doesn't skate a lot and he didn't skate a lot in the videos. And he may not even have had his skates on a lot filming some of those recent videos. He was like a filmer. He was a person who had a vision for skating and saw it in his way and made videos. Whereas Sean Kelso skates a lot and edits and films. So there's a feel to this video that it was made by someone who skates a lot, thinks about skating a lot and has a feel for skating. That's the, probably the most important thing that I can point out just off the top is that 
Same with the forecast on the 8th, the Andrew Nimorowski video and the shock video. You know, people who skate a lot. There's something about editing and filming skating. If you get Danny Beer is another really good example. Richie Eisler is another really good example. People who actually skate a lot and are in the things skating and you know that they have a vision for skating and that they're fairly good at skating and that they've been doing it for a while. That's like such a good prerequisite for being someone who makes skate videos. That's, that's the most important part, opening up. So, just gotta turn my, uh, turn my page here. Hopefully there's not too much handling noise on the microphone here. Okay. So I have technical notes and I have regular notes on Casey Mo. I fucking love this video so much. Um, the first roller for street skating videos we've been so spoiled lately with um the shock video imagine blade chun forecast on the eights and now this one um it's like for modern street skating videos you, you can't go wrong with any of these in my opinion they're so rewatchable and there's so much awesome skating so many different styles um, one thing that's really important to point out with all the, the videos that I just listed, none of them were filmed on DSLRs. They were all filmed on like traditional video camera that zooms for long shot, like you have a zoom, a very flexible zoom, and fisheye. Um, fisheye, as much as I try and uh, pull away from it because it's such a go-to format for skating videos. You just can't fuck with fisheye. Really uh, great filming on fisheye, close into the skater. It it gives you that feel of skating that you can't get. There's a good long shot. You get a different feel. There's something about really good filmed fisheye skating. The skater and the filmer in unison and good smooth camera movement to music that puts you in that skating world and it's so hypnotic. And there are moments where a fisheye trick to that one part of the song, it just molds together so well and it's it's like it's where skating just almost has that religious feeling that the person on the screen, we've talked about it before, but it's like the person on the screen looks like a god almost because it's, it, it, it's so much bigger than, than playing on a team in sports or something. It's this person expressing themselves. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I had to do that. But it's a person expressing themselves and their vision of skating and when it's filmed perfectly and put to music, oh! And that's another reason why Casey Mo is good. I have to say, uh, the filming, um, fisheye and not, the fisheye filming specifically, all the filming and editing was really good, but the fisheye filming in this video is so good. It's so good that you don't notice it the first time and you start to think about um, how close he's getting with, and if you film this with a Panasonic HVX, it's got that giant, it's the one that Yvonne uh, for the Volo videos and Danny Beer uses, and I'm not sure who else. 
but I'm pretty sure it's that giant fucking lens that like our the lens for the Canon camera we kick that shit all the time we've kicked the microphone off the camera we've we bent like the guard on the lens no broken lenses yet no wood to knock on but there is such close intimate fisheye filming in this video i'm so surprised that he didn't go through a few lenses good fisheye filming especially when like the skating season starts again here and we start first start filming with the fisheye again you think you're gonna be you think you'll be close and you'll watch what you've just filmed and it's so far away for good fisheye filming you have to have such a intuitive feel for how close you need to be and where you move it and how little you move it and uh it it's so it just he nails it in this video it's something that that also practicing over time um yeah you can be rusty if you haven't done it well but you could tell he just got into a flow of filming i don't know who if it was mostly sean kelso that filmed fisheye because the filming in his section was really good too so there's like masterful fisheye filming which is you know that's something that skateboarding uh has down and and that why consistently skateboarding uses the vx1000 with the century optics lenses um you just can't that setup and and obviously hvx or like a good video camera with a good century fisheye lens there's a reason why that is a standard setup for skateboarding videos and BMXing videos. It just, it, it feels the best. And I'm not talking about trends. I'm talking about someone who's been watching skate videos. Here's my disclaimer. Someone who's been watching skating for 20 years, been filming skating for 20 years, been filming with a fisheye since 2002, um, use many different cameras, obsessed with skating, obsessed with skate videos. I'm fucking qualified to talk about this. Um, I'm as qualified as you could be in skating. Uh, like, when I'm 70, I'm going to have a bald head and gray curly hair like the music teacher, like Michael Bolton or the music teacher in The Simpsons, how he has, like, his he's bald, but he has long hair. That's going to be me. And I'm going to be in a rollerblading documentary and I'm going to be really passionate and crazy gray-haired man. And there's going to be books in the background that are all rollerblading books. And I'm going to be, uh, like my title on the screen is going to be Rollerblading Historian. Because um, that, 20 years, come on. 20 years and I am a nerd for skating. I'm so nerdy, I can reference things very quickly. I don't know if I have some kind of a, a learning disability or something, but when I'm into something, I'm into it. And uh, that's why when I talk about this stuff, why people use, why people, why the best videos are not made on DSLRs and why something like a VX1000 with the Century Optics lens is a good setup and why other, why skateboarding that became a standard. There's a reason behind it because it's the best 
set up still for street skating I'm talking about for if you want to make something very artistic and a super unique vision of skating you need to you can't just film everything fisheye but there you can't beat there's nothing there's nothing better than than really greatly filmed fisheye stuff so where you can see the trick and you can you can kind of like get uh how i say hypnotized by the world of skating there's there's just you just still can't fuck with fisheye i know i want to do much more in the next year without fisheye and some of my favorite stuff i've done is without fisheye but the fisheye filming in this video is so good in terms of seeing the tricks and the style and the detail um there's one trick in Broscow's section where on a bench he goes he goes like Royale to quick alley fish brain and he or was it backslide, I don't know. And he there's this little notch on the bench and he had to go to alley fish brain to get past this little notch. And then he does a really nice Liu Kang out. And it the way that it was filmed on Fisheye, you just notice that you wouldn't have been able to see the notch on the bench and the Liu Kang and the feel of the trick, you really feel the movement that he's doing. Whereas if that was a long shot, it just wouldn't have worked. I mean, there is a skillful way to do the long shot, but it would just have an entirely different feel. And there's only certain music probably from an editing perspective that would have worked for the long shot version of that than the fisheye. But see, I'm getting way too deep here, but I love breaking it down like this. So anyways, I guess I'm doing my technical notes first. So no DSLR. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Um, the audio is really good in this video. The trick audio. Um, really clean audio. And the music isn't, isn't too high. Um, I've only done one good uh, mix for sound. Um, in terms of like the music not being too in the red and proper audio levels and I think that was Mushroom Blading 2 where the the audio of the music and the skate sounds are a little bit closer and I know I want to do that more as it goes this video definitely inspired me I'm I'm he may have had like actual uh, proper related audio levels I'm not sure if that's just the way that I heard it um, but it seemed like the music in relation to the skating sounds was even which is refreshing in itself because you watch these fucking edits online and these ear bleeding dslr skate sounds to music that's in the red and and uh, it hurts it really hurts um the zoom was used really well on on the camera lens the long shot filming was really good I'll just quickly go through the technical stuff Lots of traveling shots, which, like I said, having a cameraman that can skate alongside and there's those like there's those lines in this video where the cameraman and the skater were just in unison. And there was a level of precision and perfection and care in the way the tricks were done and the way that they were filmed that you could tell they really fucking cared about making this project, which Probably the most important point that I want to say about this video and about all of the videos that I mentioned before 
is this isn't a brand video. This is a, my computer was getting excited. My computer just was like, ah, started listening like, oh really? This isn't a brand video. This is a video of people with a vision for skating filmed in a city and it, it, the only purpose of this video was to make a good skate video. There's nothing, there's no logos anywhere. There's no blatant shots of skates, like people putting on their skates or whatever. There's no like pitch. There's no talk about companies or th this like this idea of of groups of people living in a city or or a group of people coming together collaborating on a project outside of like the, that the goal was to be to make a good like okay the shock video imagine Blake Chun forecast on the eights Casey mode they're all just people who really wanted to make a good skate video that wanted to get together and film skating and make sections and be enthusiastic about it and it just has a different feel than if it, if this was the shadow video or a Volo video or a Razors video or an online edit to promote a skate or whatever and it was fucking refreshing and these videos are the future if I was a company I would be I would be less about the edits that you make and more about funding projects like this that more money should be put to support things like the shock video or Casey Mo or forecast on the eights or imagine blade shun it should be it should be a, a skater's vision for a video and not the company's vision for a video if that makes any sense there should be no company getting in the way of of making a skate video if that makes any sense, I hope it does. I would love to see. It got me so inspired to make like more. Like, I love the idea of basing a video in a city too. Smell the Onions, another really good example. It's a group of people making a video in a city that skate together, and it's not. It's not an assembled group of people being like, "Look at how good we all are at skating," which. Obviously, that happens in Casey Mo, but not in a forceful way. It's like, let's make a really, let's make a really cool skate video um, with uh, really good editing and filming and unique music. And I want to make it how I see it. I, I really want to make, I really want to make an interesting skate video for me and my friends, and and all filmed in this. Do you know what I mean? I hope you do. Um, details I, the details in the skating and the details in the filming and the editing um, so refreshing it, it made me believe again that you can make a classic skate video, you can it's, it's not it's, it's our fault that we got so excited about skate edits that people talk in terms of edits now and I'm guilty of it too but this video was 37 minutes long and 
that's longer for a skate video now. And it, it apart from Pat Doherty's section, and I'm trying to think of one other one, it dragged a little bit in parts, but it's a classic skate video in my opinion. And that you can still make classic skate videos if you're making stuff like that. If you have that attention to detail and the care about how the thing is put together and how it's filmed, um, it, it, you could tell they wanted to make something really good, quote unquote. And there's a difference when it's a group of friends really caring about making something good and a brand wanting to make something good. Just like I said. Um, the music mix, oh, I'm not even breathing properly. The music mix was really, really uh, refreshing again. No fucking garage rock, which I, I like it. Garage rock is great, but it was just, I loved the song changes and everything. I, my, probably my favorite song change was when Colin Kelso hit that bump to top acid and it went into the, I'm pretty sure the Raekwon song. I like that it, all the music kind of melts together um, into one specific feel, except for Pat Doherty's song. But Pat Doherty's song in section had a very um, Brandon Negretti feel, which isn't a bad thing at all. It, it was a good thing. It was like having a separate entity within the video and represented one style of skating really well. Um, if that makes sense. Um, I loved that it was like a dirty city and there was a lot of autumn footage. It didn't, it wasn't like particularly nice weather in a lot of the stuff. It was, it was kind of cloudy and overcast and the, the trees didn't have leaves in a lot of it. And, um, it, the feel of it was really specific in terms of what I saw of, of the city and the weather. Um, it, it reminded me of, of skating in Kamloops sometimes that you, it doesn't matter if it's a shitty spot, it, what can you bring to the shitty spot? And that, sure there were lots of ledges in this video, but it was like the things that people were doing on the ledges, it, it felt unique from skater to skater. The video was a bit ledgy and uh, skateboarder-y, but the more I think about it, um, that's it's just irrelevant now to to say that you know if you're at a if you're at a skateboarding spot or a skate park or this some of the skating and, and filming can appear skateboarding-y, I think that's just an irrelevant um, thing to say now. I mean, I was guilty of saying that quite a bit. Um, but skating is getting to be over 20 years old now. We have some history. We have some decades behind us. And the style of skating, street skating, um, grinds, body positions, weird little movements and things. It's rollerblading. It doesn't matter if you're at a skateboarding spot. Rollerblading just starting to, it looks like rollerblading. It, it doesn't. It, it's like, especially when these guys do it, it, this video made me so excited to really care about when I, when I do a trick to really feel it, if that makes sense. It's, that's so hard to explain, but 
and I I know they did that with with the truth videos too to really care and it and it's not I'm not talking about from a filming perspective perspective when you do a trick and it just feels good and it feels right so much of the skating almost all the skating in this video was like it was performed so well and it was so distinctly rollerblading yeah it made me want to just do a nice topsail or or a front side with integrity <laughs> the feel you know about you can feel the skating in this video i loved that there was basic tricks like front sides and and things i love that the doors felt a little bit more wide open on what tricks were done it didn't feel it didn't feel overly trendy there was a really good variety of tricks i'm so nasally and i keep not breathing through my nose. There was the smell again. What is that? Is that my shirt? I think it's on my hoodie. Um, what else do we got? I have to pee. I'm going to pause again. <sighs> okay. Um, I got, I got shivers twice during the video. Um, once during Nick Labar, Labare, Nick Labar. I hope I'm saying it right. Nick Labar. I got during his section, which was my favorite, by the way. Um, there was something about that section that it was outside of trends in current anything and it he was you could just tell he was enjoying skating in the moment of every single one of the things that he did in that second and the song was so good um man i could watch a, just a whole video of that guy i can't i wonder how old he is i can't wait to see more of him he reminded me of like in a weird way, it reminded me of a, like a really, really, really bizarro world Latimer section in terms of the way he did the stuff that it was so uniquely his section, more than anyone else in the video. And it had everything that I like about skating in it. Um, some of those forward gaps, um, man. His section was so good. Um, and then in Broskow's section, I think he does like a top acid and then and then lands really quickly and then Royale's a rail to 540 out like only Broskow can. And I got like, I just got those shivers when you see, when you hear an amazing song or you're at a concert. And I just, I got this, I really got this feeling that that rollerblading is is coming into its own. Like these guys have put out, someone like Broskow has put out how many good sections since the beginning. Okay, let's compare John Elliott's output to Broskow's output. Or let's compare Josh Petty's output or Louis Zamora or like people who are, I know, regarded as legends. But Broskow is still putting out and stuff and still skating at a high level and pushing skating in small, weird, interesting ways and killing it, killing it 
his his voodoo show section the create originals thing volo section and this section all in one year do you realize the work ethic and the concentration and the focus and he's he he like he is rollerblading he's living it and even if he's not getting paid a lot he's doing everything that he can with it in a humble way he doesn't talk very much you know he doesn't need to come on this podcast i've said it before his skating says everything and i don't care about if if he's the leader in trend stuff or who cares watches like when he's 50 he's just gonna say watch my sections let's there's no point in talking about trends or fashion just go back and watch my skating it says everything that needs to be said i i just can't he's so controlled too the way he pops off the dink of the rail on that top acid he and that that's hap in this video there's i'm saying the the comparison to to skateboarding is becoming irrelevant when you watch the nuances of of style and what people do and i need to there's two things i need to say one if you're if you're living skating and you're really into it that it's like the best thing that you can do like watching skate videos and skating every day and living skating especially if you're younger live skating and make lots of shit and even when you when you do need something to fall back on or when you're injured still live skating if that's what you're into that's what i'm doing and it's so healthy and so good for you and keeps you so happy and uh the stuff that I've been watching lately, I've been more excited about skating than ever. And there's one other point on top of that one. Um, I can't remember the other thing. It'll probably come back. Oh, yeah, that's that was the other thing. This, this video is, um, I think it's still for rollerbladers only, and that's completely okay. Frank has talked about it before that where, where rollerblading is right now, it's completely fine. It doesn't need to get any bigger or smaller sounds like a dog is dying outside it doesn't need to get any bigger or smaller it's so good how it is right now it doesn't it doesn't even need as many skate companies as it does it would be like it, it's it's so good how <laughs> I, I i'm trying to think of a more elaborate way of saying it the people that are doing it and the stuff that's coming out and and the little, the scenes all over the world and the events that are putting on, it just, it can stay like this. And it, and it's, and it's, it's perfect how it is. In fact, if it got really big, I mean, it would be great, but this is the time that people would reference. Oh, remember back in, you know, 2010 to 2014, where there was just, there was so many good videos being put out and people weren't skating for a lot of money and uh there was just constantly amazing shit put out with not a lot of politics obviously politics will be everywhere but um it just made me think about how rollerblading videos don't need to be for outside of rollerblading 
A video like this, you can get together with your friends who skate and enjoy it and talk about like how amazing uh, Andrew Nemiroski's zero Liu Kang off of the fat rail was and and you get the nuances and, that, and that's that's a good thing that's a really good thing I used to think that, that wasn't a good thing that's such a good thing there will always be videos that that draw that are entertaining for people outside of skating like hoax too that have technical things that rollerbladers can appreciate but this is such a good get you stoked to do a really stylish backslide video if that makes any sense and i i haven't had that in, probably since the shock video but this is even more so than the shock video in terms of the style and nuance and detail and skating and filming and exploring a city um this really it nails it nails it how nerdy am i hey i don't care I'm nerdy and I'm a rollerblader and I'm really into rollerblading and I'm really into a subsection of rollerblading where people do tricks on obstacles and I know the differences between the tricks. That's why the Todd and Frank podcast was really good. Still nasally. I wonder if I need to take an allergy pill. An antihistamine. Um... Style, expression, grinds, tech, control, speed, and there was some sweet gaps in here too. Some of the forward landings, I love seeing, not not like the super, uh, you know, you see backslide to forwards and stuff, but just forward landings in general, forward gaps and things. Um, some really great reverts too. I saw some, it was the details that people do in some of these tricks that really stand out for me and why I loved it. Uh, filming at shitty spots, just want to say again, I love seeing shitty spots. It, and and any good video, like imagine Blade Shun really had it. It makes the world seem like a giant playground and that you can skate at any spot. I loved that there was like really unique things done at smaller spots. Colin Kelso's section very specifically uh, had some amazing stuff where you could just wax some stairs at different heights and and do some really interesting tricks. Um, and listen, not only is the skateboarding comparison irrelevant now, it's fucking irrelevant to say that people are skating small stuff. Have you seen Colin Kelso's physics section? Have you seen Broskow's older sections? Do you know how pointless it would be for them to continue pushing skating on a big level and how dangerous it would be if we want to see these guys enjoying skating and doing it for themselves and going out and adventuring with their friends and filming it and having a, a vision of doing unique things? We don't want them to die. They put out so many good sections already. If you like though, if you like that style of skating, just watch the old sections again. You don't have to watch the new sections. And they don't fucking care if you don't like the new stuff or not. They're going to do it anyway. And in fact, I hope they do more of it. I hope that there's like five more Casey Mo videos. And I hope that they go in different directions depending on the video. Fuck you, internet. <laughs> I thought I was mad at aggressive rollerblading before. But after this trip, I realized I'm just mad at lame fucking people who sit at home and don't make stuff 
and just talk about other stuff that people make. People that don't put effort into things, who are depressed and out of shape and probably don't skate a lot, who say dumb shit about, like, okay, oh, I got myself worked out there, worked up there. I, I, when I came back and I, and I started using the World Wide Web again, I realized that if you just make stuff and put it out and, and don't bother reading the comments, like you can, you can, how would I say this? There's no point in reading, in reading shitloads of comments about what you make. You knew that some feedback is good, but I think the best feedback in the future is going to be like uh, emails with constructive criticism or you see someone in person that that's your friend that is like, you know what? I liked, uh, I liked this video better because, and you actually have a conversation about it or talking about things on podcasts. I think the comment culture, like, like I said, fuck you, it's dying and it's pointless. Um, it's so vapid and insignificant when you compare the time put into making something like Casey Mo that 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 people should be making more shit instead of typing a dumb simple opinion about the shit. I guess the internet is designed for us to get over ourselves and I think that's happening, but seriously what are you talking about if if people who worry about skating on small obstacles oh i'll just say it one more time i thought i i hated aggressive rollerblading but i just i just hated the online culture around skating because i fucking i love rollerblading and i love doing grinds and i love making skate videos it's just if i if i read some shit online the shit is stuck the shit is stuck and the shit has to go somewhere else. So maybe I'll say some shit, you know? So stop being shitty shits. Actually, do whatever you want. I just can't wait for more Casey Mo's to come out. And, and uh, I just can't wait for more videos like Casey Mo to come out. Hopefully that wasn't too uh, low for volume. Um... It had the the feeling of, of of adventure, of finding spots that you know you could walk around a city for a while or skate around a city for a while with with the camera and, and just look for stuff. It had that feel. It had it had it had like everything that you would want from a from a street skating video, especially for someone like myself who grew up in a small town who knows that you don't need a shitload of spots to enjoy skating and you could tell that they were actually enjoying skating too i can't wait for fish guys three what else do i have here i have great variety of styles rollerblading is back <laughs> so i i ranted about <laughs> Just enjoy the video without the pieces of shit. That probably captures that rant better than anything else. Um, really good transitions. 
not just sound wise, but uh, visual wise, it flowed really well. Nothing seemed overly disjointed. Like I said, the Pat Doherty section was, I think, it's, it wasn't my favorite. It was my least favorite, in, but it was still good. And it still served a purpose within the video. Um, just got to turn the page here. Actually, you know what? These, there's way too many notes. I could go on and on and on forever. Um, uh, but here. It's like, okay, I'm just gonna end it off here because I've been talking too long. It's like back to basics. That's not a VG reference. Just enjoying skating, doing tricks with your friends, making a video because you want to, um, adventuring in the streets, bringing something unique depending on your how long you've skated and how you see it, um, variety. It's just... It's a rollerblading video. It is definitely a rollerblading video. And if you haven't watched it, why haven't you? What are you doing? Why haven't you seen it yet? This is Jerry McQuarrie signing off. How to be unpopular podcast sixty three or four or something. Thank you for listening. I'm drinking way too much coffee.